1: My name is Aiden Gold. I work for a biotech startup called eGenesis, doing investor relations. We're trying to solve the organ shortage. I'm based in Santa Monica. So, I mean, I think like I said earlier, like I believe like startups are fundamentally like imperative to like improving humankind and we need to keep investing in startups. I mean, so I I think like the best startups to invest in are usually the deals that are hardest to get. If they're willingly like taking your money, you got to like... Um, you should question that because it just means that like maybe they're not like a super great company. No, like that's just like so you just want to have a high bar for it. right But like I mean, some of the companies I've invested in include like SpaceX, and that was like a very convoluted way of like getting in. I think I have SpaceX shares. I'm not entirely. Sh- entirely sure. I mean, startup investing is like this whole underground world as like, I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, of like how you get deal access and get in as like an angel investor. And then Carta is another one, which they do like cap table management and equity and stuff like that. I don't have like a stage or an industry, like it's just innovation and startups broadly. So I'm across like this full spectrum.
0: And how do you even become an investor? What are the steps? Because like, how long have you been an angel investor now?
1: probably about like, like two years, a year and a half, like anything, like you just do it. You just like find like a startup that you want to in, invest in and try to get access. And then you'll figure out how to wire money and sign some paperwork. You have to be accredited. Uh, like yeah. so shout out, You have to be accredited to invest yeah. in startups. Um, but if you're accredited, then you can just give people money um, and equity in companies.
0: And if somebody's making their first investment right now, other than what you shared, which I think is a pretty cool way to look at it. If it's too easy for people to take your money, then something might be off. Other than that, what's one huge lesson that you've learned something that you wish you knew when you first started that would really accelerate someone forward.
1: Yeah, well first off, I would say that like I'm just learning. Like I've think I've done five startup investments now, maybe six, and I haven't got any money back. So just like yeah, to be like like it's a very long game like this could take seven to ten years but I think the one thing that's important to know is like do it with people that you trust all of my first few deals were like with people that like I really looked up to or were mentors of mine and they knew this was something that I was passionate about so they brought me in I would say that's the number one thing like as you're just getting started just be around people who are have already done it before and they'll help you
0: and a lot of times the companies like don't work out. So there's so many times that I've spoken to investors that are like, people really need to understand that investing in a st- as a startup is the-, the odds of winning are very low. So what kind of like reality statement do you want to share with everybody?
1: Yeah, as soon as you wired the money, you should think of it as going to zero. Like that's like a good rule of thumb. Like as soon as the money's wired, just like you could probably just say goodbye and you should go on with your life. For startup investing, yeah.
0: Totally. And people who are listening right now that are like, oh my gosh, like, would he invest in me? Who should be reaching out to you for deal flow?
1: Yeah. I mean, I would love to talk to like any founders that are interested in like they have a business and they're they're raising money. I'm pretty picky, but like I'm always down to like chat it up and talk. And like for me, like I just love like investing as a way to like learn about the world And as a way to get to know startups, even if I don't invest, like getting to know you as like a founder and what you're building and like talking about the ideas of how to help your company succeed
2: is like why I do investing. So like that's what's most important to me. Hi, I'm Mark McDermott and I'm the CEO of ScreenCloud. We're a SaaS platform for digital signage and we're based in Santa Monica. A lot of our customers couldn't close down during COVID because they're frontline workforce. So when everyone else was not able to travel and see them, like how did we get messages to those people if they don't have a laptop or a phone? We install screens and that became the communication channel of choice. Um, because it was around them as they worked sometimes delivering information kind of critical to like so if it's like a logistics company it's like okay well here's the here's how many packages we've sent out in the last hour here's the backup like often call centers will use it as well Um, But how do the people say in head office who can't travel go and address them so often like even a broadcasting a town hall and we, we, we integrate with Zoom, for example. So you can do a Zoom and then push out all these screens and have all these people stand around and see them. So it's really just trying to make, you know, our spaces, our workspaces, regardless of what they are, they're, they're Internet connected now. But you can't see that. Like the Internet is invisible. So how? what is the visual layer of communication of all of these different products? Well, that's what Cloud does, is it, it effectively puts a visual layer on what's already happening digitally around you. Mm -hmm. But unless you had a device in your hand or on your desk, how would you see it? How would you get to feed back into it? And that's what the screens are there for.
0: It's so hard for me. I'm someone who's backpacked for four months without a computer or phone. And yet it's still so (laughs) hard for me to envision not having (laughs) A computer or a phone to see a message. I'm picturing myself like in a hospital or something where you're running yes. around and your life doesn't mm. revolve around a computer like all of us in tech. And so you're not checking emails or text messages no. or anything. You're racing around to do your job, and there may be an important message. And, and, yeah. and yeah, so
2: I'll give you a couple of examples. So like in a retail store, like I won't name. It's one of our biggest customers. I won't name them on yeah. here. We're not allowed to. Yeah, yeah. They're a huge, right. huge American retail um, company and you know the email address is the store name so the store manager gets the emails and the, every day they might get like an excel spreadsheet with the results of the day before and then they may or may not like print that out and stick it on a wall so people actually know how they're performing and how the, how they're performing as a team but we can take all of that i mean sometimes if the store manager's not in no one's going to see it so right. they're completely flying blind but with a screen in the back office, we can real time show them even to like the latest 15 minutes or even quicker, it depends on the system. We can actually see how people are, how it's performing, how they're, how they're doing that and get those messages consistently. I have a bit of nerdy facts about this because this is obviously my life. Basically (laughs) 80% of the active workforce globally is considered deskless 80%.
0: Wow. I am so So, in my bubble. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, no. And we all are. We all are. Because if you work in an office and if you have historically worked in an office in like a metropolitan area, you just think that's what everyone does. Yeah. But if you think about the whole planet, um, it's 80%. It's something like, I think the active workforce is something like 2.7 billion people. It like, so, you know, take away children and, and retired people and anything and people who can't work. It's 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 honestly, it's most of it. It's our educators. It's a. Uh, Is all those people delivering all this stuff to us.
3: Hey, this is Ryan Byrne, CEO of Buzzcast, a virtual event platform built by producers for producers. We're based in Larchmont in sunny Los Angeles. You know, the more I've done and and more companies I've built and, and that sort of thing along the way, and there's been a couple others in between what I told you before, but, you know, the thing I always find is you can only take a company so far. I mean, I am a, by nature, just a, as I think almost every entrepreneur is, we don't all have a very, very hard work ethic and we all know the right way to do things or think we do, you know, whatever, wherever that is. But the big thing in how you create and grow a company is, is really the, the transition out of that stage. It's the stage when you get to where, Hey, you can't make every decision. You can't do everything. Everybody's not going to read your mind and do it exactly like you want it to be done. Right. And so that's the point. To me, the fun part is when you start going, oh, wow, he can think about that. And I cannot have to think about that every day or make the decisions right. on it. And, and you get excited about these these people who are just real experts in their territory. And we're doing some of that hiring that I mentioned before. And so I'm very excited for you know, some of these guys to come in and sit in a room with them and just seeing all their experience and knowledge. is just that that's that's the fun part for me.
0: And people who would like to work with BuzzCast, where do they reach out? How can they find out more about BuzzCast and where can they apply? Yep.
3: Yeah. So uh, the email would be hello at buzzcast.com, uh, B-U-Z-Z-C-A-S-T. And uh, th- we're actually about to put up a, uh, a job posting page uh, next week as well. We're hiring actively for a bunch of positions. So yeah, reach out there and uh, yeah, we'd love to anybody who, who's interested in this space or you know, we're looking for developers. We're looking for production people, sort of across the gamut.
0: And how can people connect with you? Are you on LinkedIn? What's best?
3: Yeah, LinkedIn would probably be the best way for me to spend time. <laughs> so, so not on social. Yeah, which is just uh, Rye burn, I believe is the is the uh, the ending handle on LinkedIn. So R Y B Y R N E uh, oh. for you know, whatever LinkedIn dot com slash that. <laughs> so.
0: We'll include it in the show notes too. Last question is if someone's landing in LA right now for the tech space and they're trying to get integrated, trying to understand where to go, what to do, what would be the resources you'd recommend they look for? What would you recommend that they do first? Any suggestions for that person just landing in LA?
3: Well, you know, for me, I think think this is true of any place I go. And, you know, it, it may not be a specific LA resource, but I'm just a big fan no matter what of when you're going someplace or when you're going, whether it's an area like coming to LA or it's a new space or a new idea you're going into. I'm just a big, big fan of sort of reaching out to uh, a lot of people I know already and just asking them for recommendations and asking them who they should talk to. I mean, it's, it's amazing how fast that sort of networking and Hey, do you have any ideas for me can, can transform into something real. Right. And so, That's sort of how I I approach a lot of things is just ask and ask and ask and ask and ask until something gets connected.
0: Join thousands of people in L.A. Tech on our We Are L.A. Tech Facebook group where you can discover events, job opportunities and even housing. Go to WeAreLATech.com slash community. We'll take you straight there. That's com slash community. The best business resource I have is my mentor's private Facebook group.